It's official, it's now Bonefish Busaka. Fresh off a bonefish excursion to Green Turtle Abacos, Stephen was lucky enough to fish with the all-famous Ronnie Sawyer. Captain Jeff and Busaka set the record for dudes in one podcast. We are now counting toilets, and Miami is full of crypto freaks. All this week on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. Welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. I got the world's favorite millennial, Stephen Busaka, and we pick up the conversation on the great idea of putting a tunnel in Fort Lauderdale Beach. I don't understand the, the whole tunnel idea. There's what? Maybe a thousand parking places in the whole beach? If that. <laughs> so, if they built a tunnel and everybody just ended up going to the beach, where are they going? <laughs> they can't park. They can't, what are they going to do? <laughs> go in the tunnel. <laughs> just ro- roll back around. Right. Just roll back around town and then go right back into the tunnel. So, I don't know if the tunnel thing is happening or not, but what I know is not happening is I'm not seeing any pipes being put in. I'm seeing a lot of ruptures. I'm seeing the doo-doo in the water. I'm seeing and when it rains that the treatment plant's still overflowing. And then if you go down by the tunnel, the real tunnel, the one that's 150 foot and goes under the fucking river. Yeah, that they're still working on. Right, there's like six dudes working on the tunnel. And then all around the tunnel is all these like big time construction companies and they got like super crews of 120 people each and you got one one crew building the building on the east side another two buildings being built on the west side and you get hundreds of guys running around and then in the middle of it you got the people working for the city doing the tunnel it's like six it's so sad yeah six jamokes it's with, so sad with a little tiny like little tiny backhoe trying to figure out how to fucking <laughs> do the tunnel it's and, pathetic. Right. And you just look around and you're like, geez, if the city would just kind of... Take notes? T- just get those guys and be like, guys, just come on, dig up the ground and put the pipes in. Yeah, seriously. Because these six people are, can't do shit. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, it would be done in a matter of, I don't know. Weeks? Well, any place they started would be done in a matter of weeks. Yeah. But I'm just saying. And then you look at the the crews that are working on the pipes that are being put in there's still i guess a crew way down there by coral ridge somewhere but not many crews but that one crew if you look it's like a bunch of homeless guys standing around a bunch of pipes it does not look like <laughs> the weld oil machine that's going on at every the construction, construction company zones. yeah every building that's being built it's like the fucking best football team you ever seen they all do they're efficient job. right they're doing their job the trucks are coming and going the buildings go up super fast everything looks great and then you get the city. <laughs> Fucking pathetic. So anyway, you got out of here, huh? I got out of here for about four days, and it was phenomenal. Four days. Four days. Guess yeah. where I went. That's really, that's really, really stretch out there. Your getaway time, but four is better than none. Four is better than none, man. I know where you went. Tell the audience where you went. I finally got to see the Abacos, which was something I'd been wanting to do for a long time. Uh... Green Turtle Key, to be specific, and let the, let it be known that it's pronounced Key. It is not pronounced K. K is you know how the white people freaking pronounce it. So you're green, not allowed to say that. All right, sorry. Americans, you can say Americans. You can't say the white. Gringos. Well, 
Anyways. Is, it, is there a lot of people that still have that issue, like still calling the keys case? I heard somebody do it. Now, now you go to the Bahamas, they don't. They don't. Jesus, why don't you yell a lot? Sorry. Um, I do still hear some people still call it K, and it drives me nuts every time. It's like I, I could see like, okay, maybe you didn't know. So, okay, but now that you've heard me multiple times pronouncing it key, why are you still pronouncing a K, even though you've heard me say it key multiple times? All right, well, don't get too upset about that. I know, I don't, know. Don't get too upset about that. That's kind of like, I, I, I got like four posts of guys holding their reels upside down and then reeling backwards, right? And right, you see how you got that face? <laughs> Like, oh my God! People still doing. People are always going to do that. Yeah. Just like the people that haven't hung out in the Bahamas, especially in the Abacos, they're always going to do the K Key thing. Yeah. All right. Those are the people that usually hang out at like Atlantis and Nassau. But, but, but let's assume that most millennials like you aren't getting it. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought it up. I appreciate that. Well, I just want to make sure you know. I want I want the millennials to have every benefit of the doubt that they can. So we we don't want to trigger them. You know what I mean. Well, I just want to make sure that they get what they deserve. Fair enough. And that's why we got you on the podcast. The world's favorite millennial, Stephen Lusaka, oh hanging out in Green Turtle in the Abacos. But now I tell you, I've been to the Bahamas a few times, but this trip was a special one. It was special. One, because I finally got to see the Abacos, which, you know, you've told me and multiple people have told me is like the true Bahamas. And I can see why. Because the people there, I think, are the kindest, most down-to-earth people I think I've met in the Bahamas. Well, Green Turtle's probably about as good as you get, too. Yeah, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. I stayed in town at an Airbnb with the locals. Everybody was just as friendly as can be. But this was also a special trip, though, because, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. And, you know, you know about three, about four years ago was when I first started my bonefish obsession. Well, that's when you, well... You tried to fool everybody that you were not the shepherd and you immediately wanted to go to be Bonefish Busaka. You know that that actually started as a joke, by the way. You know that, right? Well, just so you know, we're all over it and we're fine calling you Bonefish Busaka now. You can call me whatever you want. It's fine to me. Well, I'm just saying the shepherd, there was, I guess you grew out of that era. I'm not sure how you do that, and I'm not sure how those, all the sheep's head people think and feel about that. But I know you always wanted to be Bonefish Busaka, and now you've been fishing for Bonefish for a few years, and then you get your green turtle trip in. So we're going with Bonefish Busaka, plus that's how Bahamians call the guides. It's Bonefish Everybody. Yeah, there literally is a Bonefish Everybody out there, but I appreciate that, that we finally made it official. That's, that's actually a landmark right there, dude. Well, you're not allowed to make up your own nicknames anyway. No. Which was your first mistake. Well, actually, I didn't make it up for myself, actually. Lamont, Lamont actually kind of came up with that one. And I was like, that's actually got a, that's actually kind of got a ring to it. Yeah, you were pushing the narrative. A little bit. A little bit. I just, I really kind of liked it. I well, was like, it's pretty cool. And we're all real proud of you. Like, you, st- you stuck with, you know, the whole bonefish thing. I did. So anyway, going to the Green Turtle, you... Finally got to do my fur. I finally got to do a Bahamian bonefish trip. With an old school, let me emphasize, old school Bahamian bonefish guide. Congratulations. Well, that to me was important. You know what I mean? When I say old school, so the guy's name is uh, Ronnie Sawyer. Right. I think that you actually knew who he was too, right? Ronnie's been around since I can remember. And uh, he's back since I can remember, maybe 1983. And Ronnie was over there then. Yeah. And I... 
He, and when I say he's old school, like I'm, I mean, he he's got to be in his mid to late sixties. Well, and, he's, he's a white Bahamian, so he's probably seventy to eighty. I mean, <laughs> those guys, those guys look like they're. Those, what do you, no, as soon as they turn thirty-five, they look like they're seventy until the day they die. Jeez, it's true. He, um, you know, so we we roll in, and I'm messaging him, you know, before we even get there, and you know, we get to the Airbnb, and I get a knock at the door, and homeboy walks in. So he just stopped by, which was great. I said, come on in. So we're talking with them. And I said, so Ronnie, I said, how long you've been bonefish? You've been guiding for bonefish. And he said, 42 years. And I said, 42 years. I said, when did you start? It's like, dude, he's like, I was still a teenager. Right. I was like, holy crap. And, you know, I'm asking him all kinds of questions. And this is something I really wanted to bring up on here. I asked him, I said, you know, in all these years that you've been bonefishing out here, have you noticed a difference in the fishery? Have you noticed, you know, a decline, an increase? And he's like, no. He goes, it's been pretty steady for as long as I can remember. He was like, obviously, he's like, you know, you're going to have days that you're going to see more than other days. He's like, but as a whole, he goes, no, it's still been as great as it's ever been, which made me really happy to hear that. Because over here, I feel like all we hear is it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. It's because over here it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And and if the Bahamas, you know, had, I don't know. Crumbling had, infrastructure like we do? Well, if they had 10 million people on top of their crumbling infrastructure like we do, they'd kind of be in the same boat. But since you're on an island that's about one mile by three miles. There's only so much damage that can be done. Well, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> not exactly. But to your point, the fishing's still great over there. Whether, um, as a matter of fact, I think the fishing's inshore as good or better than it's ever been over there. And I think they're starting to see more species over there. Did did you talk to uh, Ronnie about that? I did. You know, I asked him, I said, you know, do you ever see any tarpon over here? You ever see any permit over here? He told me in that particular area in Green Turtle, he said they don't see as many permit or tarpon. But he did say out by like Treasure Key and Marsh Harbor, they actually see more of them over there now than they ever did. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, in, in general, I think there's more inshore, um, you know, with the, with the exception of some snapper and uh, crawfish that they kind of fished out a little bit over there. Green turtle being out there, you know, by the ocean, you know, that's like really hard to disturb that ecosystem out there. Yeah, although the Bahamians done a pretty good job of banging it up a little bit, but that's a whole other story. But that's it's a lot different than you know um, something from the homeland. It, well, just to even further emphasize that, you know, I mean, we decided to do half a day trip, and um, we actually had to come in a little bit early just because the weather was taking a turn for the worse. So I don't even know if we were able to stay the full three hours, but. I mean, in that three hours, I went four for five on bonefish, which I was over the moon. I mean, you know, freaking in, you know, Biscayne Bay, Isla Mirada, you know, we catch one bonefish in seven hours, we're doing backflips. Right. Out there, what, I, what I've been telling everybody, they were like, you know, do you think it's easier? And I wouldn't necessarily say it was easier. I just think is that there's more fish. Which makes it easier. Which, well, you get more shots. Right. It's not like over here where... The first shot doesn't happen for three, four hours. Well, I mean, you're fishing Biscayne Bay and Isla Mirada areas. I mean, you know, 
those fish are pretty banged up and there's not they don't have the big schools like they have over there but let me tell you, I want to talk about Donnie a little bit. Ronnie. Ronnie. Let's talk about Ronnie. He's a cool dude, man. All right. So you have any problem with understanding Ronnie? Once. Just, and I was proud of myself, too. There was only once I had a hard time understanding him. Yeah, but, but, but he didn't. He sounded like a pretty hardcore Bahamian? Dude. Like as hardcore native as they come. Right. Because a, a lot of dudes you know, that fish with the um, guides over there. Usually the Bahamians are fairly quiet. Ronnie's a little more outspoken than he most. Is. He, he's he is. He's a little more he's outspoken fun. than most, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, understanding what the Bahamians are yelling at you, is, <laughs> it could be a feat in itself. It could. Yeah, but I was proud of myself. There was only one time I couldn't understand him, and I thought he was talking about a gnat, like the insect. Right. He was really saying net. Yeah, so, not too bad. Not too bad. Um one thing I wanted to bring up about him that I thought was interesting is he knew your boy Othnell. Of course he knew Othnell. And for those, you know, people who haven't been paying it, who might be new to the podcast, you know, explain who Othnell was. Right. Othnell was the guide that I used to use when I first went to Treasure Key back in the early 80s. And Othnell was kind of like the, maybe one or two dudes in the whole, all of Abaco was a bonefish guide. And Othnell was one of them dudes. And I think he, he grew he grew old to the age of about 90 before he passed away. I think he guided till he's about 88. Ronnie was telling me they basically had to force him, I think, to, like, stop guiding because he just – he wanted to keep doing it, but they basically had to, like, force him not to because he couldn't do it no more. Yeah, physically. Physically, he just couldn't do it. But I was dying laughing when I said to him, I said, do you by any chance remember a bonefish guide named Othnell? He goes, of course. He goes, he used to keep his freaking motor in the – freaking the trunk of his car and i said yes and we've talked about that story on here too before yeah the uh the othnell story oh man i wish i could remember off the top of my head what number of podcasts that was but i'd say probably around 60 or so yeah it was a little while ago you know we did 203 podcasts so far has it been that long yes it's three years 203 podcasts averaging just over one a week wow even though the last last the last six weeks i've been banging them out like i normally do I mean, you know, you get busy, everybody gets busy. So. Well, so actually, I was kind of celebrating slowing down a little bit. Which I think you deserved. Well, I was just saying. I'm, yeah, which is well deserved. <laughs> well, you were in the Bahamas. The wife was crushing these giant stripers up in Massachusetts. Dude, I saw that, man. Some of them think. Were you with, were you with Eric? Yeah, Eric um, took us out, and these big schools of bunkers were rolling all around. But those those giant friggin' bass are about forgiving as you can get so for you know nicole or you know the kids the worm crushing these you know 20 pound stripers a lot of fun a lot of a lot of good shit almost like uh the opposite of what you guys were doing in green turtle when you say forgiving is in like they don't spook very easily right dude they come right up and smash the bunker and hook themselves and, <laughs> and then they don't really pull off too far they show up their mouth opens they look huge everybody gets all everybody. freaked out you know it's good stuff. You know what was something cool that I got to see, and I've seen you know plenty of videos on YouTube of this, is we rolled up to this one flat. And might I note, too, uh, their flats are absolutely pristine out there and loaded with lush seagrass, which is beautiful to see. We roll up to this one flat, and it had to have been a school of 200 bonefish. I mean, it was absolutely... It was funny. We roll up there, and Ronnie goes, if you can't catch one out of there... 
He goes, we're, t- we're turning around and going home right now. I was like, yeah, no pressure, right? But um, the, the cool thing about this school, first of all, I don't even know if I've seen 200 bonefish in Biscayne Bay in like four years. Right. But the cool thing was is, you know, typically you see these videos from the Bahamas, the, all these bonefish, they're all usually the same size. They tend to all congregate in the same size. The school's over there, and Ronnie was telling me, he goes, they're all different sizes. So they're coming at us. I chunk in front of them, and I hook one that was, I'm not even joking, maybe a pound. Right. And I was ecstatic because I'm like, I'm, you know, God, Bahamian bonefish. I'm excited. He goes, and he's like, get that thing off and get back in there. There's freaking big ones in there. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I'm like, because I want to enjoy it. So God, I didn't hook it off, throw it out. So he scolded you for like getting high on the one pound bonefish when you could be getting high on a five pound bonefish. That's a pretty good reason to scold you. Uh, that's old school Bahamian guide right there, man. But the, the cool thing was, is, you know, you, I threw it in there the second time and Dude, I'm fighting this next fish for almost 10 minutes. And I'm like, I said, Ronnie, I said, what pound freaking test is it? Why is this thing still going? He's like, dude, that's a big fish. And I'm looking at it out there and I'm like, no, it's a good one. I said, it's probably like, you know, six pounds. Getting it close to the boat. He goes, dude. He goes, that's eight or nine pounds. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, dude, maybe six and a I'm telling you right now, it didn't look that big in the water. I'm like, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm like, it's not eight or nine pounds. Dude, I get it to the boat, and I actually grab it, and I'm like, holy shit. I go, actually, I think this is eight pounds. He's like, dude. Dude, I'm going to have to edit out some of the dudes. You're like, overduding? Sorry. It's all right. I'm just saying. Well, I, a lot of that came from hanging out with you for all these years. Well, I, I edit out my own dudes. So I'm going to edit out some of your dudes. dudes. Okay. And, then, and then I add out a lot of bras. Like when guys say, what's up, bro? bro? Oh, I don't say bro. No, well, bro, I edit those out too. Do you really? Yeah. And then Norm with the ahs, uh, uh, eh, I edit all that out too. Mm. So anyway. But yeah, dude, I finally got to catch an eight-pound bonefish, which was insane. Like I, I, I held that thing and I, I quite, you saw the picture. I don't even think the picture did it justice, quite frankly. Most pictures don't. They really don't. But I, mean, I couldn't even get my hand around the thing completely, but I was like... Dude, I was like, is this like an everyday thing down here? He's like, no, we don't catch them all the, all the time. He's like, but I mean, you know, we catch them like, you know, at least every couple weeks. Yeah, and I was like, them. dude, I'm like freaking in Biscayne Bay that we're lucky if we somebody catch an eight, nine pound bonefish like once a year. I feel so bad. I'm not like, I don't mean to put Biscayne Bay town. Like, I love Biscayne Bay, but I was like, it was just like a whole new experience for me. Well, not a, dude, it's a whole new place. It's a different country. A different fishery. Everything's different. So it's different. But I, I always think back to when you would tell me about just how big an eight or nine pound bonefish is. I mean, I'm not even freaking joking. I mean, the thing is freaking, it's big. Well, everybody bullshits about, oh, yeah, I got a nine pounder. Very few people have got a nine pounder. No. And then. You know, double digit, 10, 12, 11 pounds, you know, very few people have even seen one that big, never mind caught one. So, but whatever, the the Bahamas, like, it's a happy place. It is. It really is. And I mean, the fish are happy. It's like, oh, dude, and this is, this is, this made me laugh too, just, you know, when I think of old school guide. So there were points where we'd be driving around to these different little islands looking for the bonefish. And it was a little, it was a little tough that day because the sun was going in and out, but we rolled up where he, he would have me sit on the bow of the boat holding the rod. So I'd be sitting on the bow of the skiff. He had an old Hughes bone fisher. 
Right. We're, I'm sitting there cross-legged on the front of the skiff, and we're driving by this one island, and all of a sudden he just throws the thing in neutral, and I almost go flying off the freaking front. He just goes, "I see, oh, I see mud." Like, well, shit! I mean, you could have given me a heads up or something. You're about to stop it, and it was, it, dude. There was a private island. Looked like something out of a postcard. Bonefish are mudding right in front of it. And, you know, the people are out there on their, on their little private beach watching us. And I ended up hooking and catching about a six-pound bonefish right in front of them. And I was like, right Jeff would be everybody's right in everybody's face. face. I said, Jeff would be so proud of me right now of putting lunkers in people's faces. <laughs> okay, so very good. I was, I was, that was a proud moment for me. But, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, too. You know, this guy, he wore a hat. He had a pair of Costa sunglasses. He had like one of those long sleeve UV shirts, but no face buff, no sunscreen. And I asked him and he was telling me too. He goes, dude, he goes, back in the day, he goes, we never wore sunglasses. Because I was telling him how you were telling me, Adnell never wore sunglasses out there. Right. And he said, dude, he's like, we never wore sunglasses until recently. He said, within the last maybe, maybe 10 years. I was like, holy crap, like... Yeah, no, they, do, they didn't depend on the sunglasses. Like, I don't know. I think the market, you know, hit us a lot harder with the sunglass thing, you know, than, of course, over there. And then, you know, everything over there is hard to get, so kept it on a little bit slower. But, I don't know, Nell never used to wear them. Macintosh never used to wear them. Now you're telling me Ronnie never used to wear them. So... But here's the thing. He told me he couldn't imagine not using them now. Well, he's, he told he's me. conditioned now, right? Yeah. And, but, they're, and they're so good now. The lenses they got nowadays are so ridiculously oh, dude. good. No, I mean, I tell you what, especially for the flats, like, you know, either the Costa Green Mirror. I, Carl and I like the Sunrise Silver Mirror. I think those are actually better for bonefish. But, I mean, like, they're good now. But he, no, same thing. He, but he didn't, he used no sunscreen, no face buff. You know, I go out there with a face buff, but... He didn't have none of that shorts, and he just—he's hardcore, man. So what, what? So what else were you doing besides bone fishing over there? You get anything good? You get bombed? Did, so, uh, dude, they had this freaking bar over there called Pineapples. Right? You ever heard of it? Yeah. Dude, you talk about a vibe. It's pink, right? I think it is. Yeah, pink and white. Dude, they got freaking a saltwater pool. Um, you know me, I don't drink, and um, because I didn't drink, I was uh pushed into the saltwater pool uh, by this lady. You were discriminated against because you weren't drinking over there? And I was pushed into this saltwater pool. That was alright because I'm not going to lie. I love the saltwater and uh, it was pretty damn refreshing because it was hot as a freaking all get out out there. But she pushed you in because you weren't drinking. She, yeah. Like as a consequence. Basically. <laughs> okay. I mean, I tell you what, you know, That's I... peer pressure at, at extreme, right? Dude, I was like, you know, I just don't like the taste of alcohol. But let me tell you, I ordered a virgin strawberry daiquiri, and that was probably the best freaking daiquiri I ever had in my life. A virgin strawberry daiquiri. Dude, that shit was good, man. I don't care what anybody say. That thing was delicious. But, dude, they made the, the conch salad. You really think that that... Dude, look, I swear it's delicious. <laughs> the conch salad or the strawberry shake? Both. <laughs> dude, they make, I, they, they make the conch right there. On the dock, they bring it in. They chop it up right there for you. It's freaking delicious. Right. And I tell you what... Nothing was better than ending that day of bone fishing with a fresh conch salad. Right on. Speaking of that, I actually was able to bring back a um, an authentic Bahamian conch shell with me. 
which is very hard to do. Because they, they, I don't know why they get weird about that over there. Well, yeah, like because they had a stack you... of them in the corner of the airport. Well, those are those are different. Those are like harvested, you know, waste conch shells, as opposed to killing a conch for the show. Well, I and then when every American in the world kills a conch for the shell and brings it home with them, that's why there's not as many conchs over there as there used to be. Because the conchs over there used to be like ridiculous. Yeah. Like they were just everywhere. everywhere. When I first went there, conchs and turtles. The You're now by the government docks there in Green Turtle? With yep. the fish with the, with, the, with the fish processing center is and yes. all that? So the guys would come in and they'd be unloading the conchs and then unloading the turtles. And the turtles would be alive. They'd be on their backs. And the whole dock would just have turtles on it. 1981, first time I ever saw it. Really? Yeah. And green turtle, that's where they harvested all the fish. You mean the turtles? Well, whatever they killed, which at that time there was a lot of turtles and, like I said, conchs. But, I mean, there was mounds, like mountains of conchs. Yeah. Conch shells. Yeah. They so, still got mountains over there, too. The... um. I, I asked Ronnie because there was a ton of green turtles. I mean, obviously, I mean, I was like, "Well, I see why it's called Green Turtle Key." Tons of little turtles, and um, I said to him, "I said, you know, is it true you guys, you know, used to eat those?" He goes, "Dude, we grew up on that shit." Right. And I was thinking about how you were saying, like, yeah, back in the day, he so he did say that I think that the Bahamian government changed it to where you can keep one a year if you want. If you're local. You keep one, yeah. If you're local, you keep one a year. Well, I think they wanted to make it where it was fairly unprosecutable. I mean, unless they're the slaughtering, you know, hundreds of them. Yeah. They don't want to get out of the commercial market. But that's all bullshit anyway. I think those Bahamians should be able to kill as many turtles as they want. If they don't want to kill them, that's up to them too. But if they want to kill them, that's up to them. But there's peer pressure from these greenie groups. Yeah. You know? Like, all right. All the greenie groups, like the ones that are into the turtles, let's talk about how bad the water quality is that the turtles can't swim in. Let's kind of consolidate here. Let's get together. Let's make one Common big ground. Right, one big message. So maybe just one day we'll actually get something done. Just Be nice. One, right? And the turtle people have done a great job. There's a lot more turtles. They than have there, done a great than, job. A lot, lot more turtles than there used to be. Yeah, which is nice. But I, it was actually nice seeing over there, like, they have a healthy turtle population. Right. Turtles are back. So pat yourself on the back. You guys did a great job. Let's talk about... Now the quality of the water. Right. Let's talk about the United States actually, you know, infecting... The rest of the world, pretty much. Well... Well, you know, and it, well, look at the, the study that BTT did, our friends at BTT, that they did on the bonefish down here. Their people. Riddled. <laughs> riddled with pharmaceutical drugs. Did you know, I don't know if I told you this, Nick Castillo, who was on the podcast, well, I fished with him, I caught a bonefish with him, told me that the bonefish I caught with him had the highest level of pharmaceuticals out of any of the bonefish that they tested after all these years. The highest. I was like... I'm not even, like, proud of that either. That's awful. Like, yeah, the water quality, there's freaking issues. So I, I do agree with what you say, though. I think it's time everybody now come together to talk about the quality of the water. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, everybody being smart and coming up with, like, an idea that's going to, you know, make the environment better. Like, oh, let's raise 500 million snook hatchlings, and then we'll let them go in polluted water, and then they'll all die. They'll all die. Or let's... Do or the oysters. oysters. And then 
They all die. They all die. And then they, I mean, you know, they just keep doing this over and over again. The redfish thing, you know, dude, we're losing. We were all losing so bad, so let's change direction a little bit. Let's all do something a little bit different. Like, talk about the government letting us just totally pollute the water. With all the agencies, all the bullshit. Which reminds me, something else happened while you were gone. What happened while I was gone? They closed down ADOC. So I saw you post about that. So is it closed for good? Well, they're developing there. Yeah. What more, are they putting there? More storefront. Restaurant type stuff. They're going to be like a little wharf there. Like having the charter boats there, that's like, eh, that's not good enough. You know, we got to make sure that nobody has access to the water unless you buy something there. So are those, are they all out of business or what's going to happen with them? Uh, they kicked them out. We'll see what happens. We'll see which ones land where. But there is no A dock on Fort Lauderdale Beach anymore. So the four-year-old, the five-year-old, the ten-year-old that used to walk down the beach and see those big sport fishing boats and see the fish and see the people doing the fishing stuff aren't going to have that to look at anymore. They'll just more storefront, more air conditioning. How? More toilets. That's the other. See, that's the other thing. Did you see Lamont's no more toilets? Yeah, that's hashtag <laughs> no more toilets. And can you, and that's what I want everybody to start doing. The turtle lovers and the manatee lovers and everything. Manatees got slaughtered this year. Dude, it's been, it's been a shit show. It's right. awful. Right. Like, and it's because of water quality and all that. But anyway, all these people, I'm going to start counting toilets. Quit counting the manatees and the turtles. Count the number of toilets that these municipalities are putting in compared to the amount of pipes that they're putting in. Because every municipality all across, all across the state, west coast, east coast, these little tiny towns like Punta Gorda that we all thought were the ones that were going to be saviors, they're just as fucked up as everybody else. Their, their pipes went in in the 50s and the 60s. They got 10 times more people than their drain systems can friggin' handle. The whole nine yards. So you want to laugh about something that I saw speaking of that? So, you know, and listen, I, I've told you before, I'm a fan of DeSantis. I've been a fan of DeSantis, um, but I saw him post something that made me laugh. <laughs> He, was, he made a post, this was a couple weeks ago on Instagram, talking about the state of Florida and how great we are. And one of the things that he put on there was world-class infrastructure. And I about spit out my drink laughing so hard. World-class world infrastructure. infrastructure. Hmm. I wonder what that means. It ain't talking about the freaking sewage pipes in Fort Lauderdale, I can tell you that. Or Tampa. Or Pompano, or Miami, or, or Palm Titusville. Beach, or Titusville, or the rest of the state. So I'm not sure what infrastructure he's talking about. Yeah. Maybe he's talking about the Turnpike, Florida's Turnpike. It's a pretty good road. Yeah, it's pretty solid, but I can tell you right now, it ain't, it, it ain't about the sewage pipes, because that ain't world-class infrastructure. Maybe it was in the 50s when it went in, but not now. Maybe we're talking about all the red lights they're putting in the state. Maybe that's, good. That's, that's infrastructure. Or the toll roads. I don't know, dude. I'm so sick and tired of people asking me if I like any government people no i don't like them well here's the thing you can like them but you don't have to defend and agree with every single thing they say or do it's okay to disagree i don't like them okay all right let's i like these football as i like these football as the example of everything okay so you have i don't know 30 teams or whatever in the nfl okay right some of these teams suck and they lose. Most people don't like them. 
So if we take a look at our state and our water, we suck and we've been losing. I don't like it. Same shit. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. But I just, I, I really thought that was funny. World-class infrastructure. Yeah. Dude, he's a politician. I know. But, you know, you get people going to get mad because, you know, the way they, they are, the way they're politicians. You're not allowed Dude. to say anything bad or anything negative about their favorite politician. Dude, it's like we talked about, like, look, in terms of governors, I actually think he's better than most. Do I have to agree with every single thing he said or done? No. And that could be said about any politician. But, yeah, I agree with you. Some people might get triggered. All I know is I see how much abuse is going on to the environment between Palm Beach and Miami. Yeah, it's pathetic. I mean, unbelievable abuse. Okay? And I know what's going on in Tampa. And I know what's going on in Fort Myers. And if I know what's going on, then I know Ron knows what's going on. I'm not seeing... Action. The action. I'm not seeing... It'd be put on the priority list. They talk about a lot of shit, but they're not talking about that that often. No. And when they do talk about that, it's what? Election time. And, it's tends, and it tends to disappear <laughs> right after election time. Well, Prime example, what happened here in Fort Lauderdale. Right. Um, there, I, I actually do have some good news, though, in terms of conservation in Florida. That was nice to hear. What? Um, so a few years ago, the Florida Panther, kittens survival rate was not very good they just said yesterday that young panthers are actually doing much better now and sir they have a much higher survival rate than they were 10 years ago they attribute that to i don't know i don't know (laughs) i mean all right well go panthers yeah that was nice i did i tell you that that's actually a goal of mine this year by the way to see a panther that's my goal for 2022 go to the zoo no, no, I'm talking about the real you thing. You go to the, the Metro wild. Zoo. I think they got one. Yeah, and no, I want to to me, zoos are soft. I want to actually see something Is the Metro in the wild. Zoo still down there? It is. Now they call it Zoo Miami. Zoo Miami. Not Miami Zoo. Zoo Miami. Zoo Miami. Yeah. It sounds like a nightclub. It does. But um, that's one of my goals all for fund, this year. All funded by, all funded by um, crypto. <laughs> for the crypto capital of the world. Are we? Right? Oh, you think you think people are frustrated with our mayor fucking talking about the tunnel all the time? What about their mayor, the crypto freak? Who's the who's in the, which mayor? The mayor of Miami's. Is he really? Oh, Suarez? Suarez? Dude, he's all into crypto and shit. Is he really? Yeah, they were all freaking like high fiving and doing shots about their crypto investments and stuff a few friggin' months ago, and now not so much. But I'm just saying that they're all into crypto, so. As the water's getting polluted and as the friggin' trash is all over friggin' Miami and everything, that guy's talking about crypto. Kind of like ours talk about the tunnel. I, does he post about it too? Oh, yeah, the whole dude. Miami is crypto-ville. You do know that, right? No, I didn't. Dude, that, the FTX Arena. It is the, the city, I think, had their own crypto coin. Are you serious? <laughs> they bought in. They were promoting the whole crypto craze and everything. So, like I said, just when you think our mayor is totally fucked up and talking about building a tunnel to the beach that has no capacity to take people. Yeah. Well, they're doing crypto stuff. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but they're really into crypto. They got like a Miami crypto or something. I mean, I guess to each their own, right? 
But wait, so well, I, I mean, if you, know, you talk about fucked up mayors and politicians, yeah. Well, talking about how <laughs> fucked up governments are and government agency are, um, there was something else I wanted to talk about in this podcast. I don't know if you had gotten a chance. I had sent you a video. This was a couple weeks ago, North Carolina. There is a um, a group of people started themselves um, that basically whenever there's a bear in some kind of distress, like a black bear in in this in North Carolina, you know, they try to help out and save it. So they came across this bear that had this big plastic thing stuck around its neck. So, and it was a big bear, was not aggressive, but I mean, they, it kept running away every time they tried to get this thing off. Um, Not aggressive at all. So they called their, what would be their FWC, and basically said, we've got this bear. Um, we need somebody to come out to tranquilize it so we can get this thing off. And they did a whole video on this saying, this agency said they didn't have time. Sorry. And they made a video and said, this is what we got. These people are getting our tax money. To do nothing. And to do no- They can't even come out and do this. This is what they're supposed to do. So I was looking through the comments. Everybody. And I mean, everybody was posting about our FWC saying we have the same problem in Florida with our Fish and Wildlife Commission. They do absolutely nothing. Right. I saw another story, as a matter of fact, about a... um, Well, they do safety checks. Yeah. Safety checks. They do... On boats. I can vouch for that. They do safety checks. Yeah. Well, then take the fish and wildlife part away. Right. But um, there was another, I don't know if you heard about this. So there was a black bear that was spotted in, I almost want to say it was Palm Beach or Pompano. Did you hear about this a few weeks ago? So that was something else that FWC did. Then I just heard another story from somebody a few weeks ago. Um, that this was a couple years ago. The FWC released a panther. They put a radio collar on it. You know, they got those big collars. They released this panther, instead of releasing it in the Everglades in Big Cypress or the Fakahatchee Strand, which they talked about doing because there were males that they were like, well, this is a female, we could release her there. The FWC decided to release this panther on a levee in the middle of nowhere that had water on both sides. They tracked its movement. All it did all it could do was walk down the levee. Was walk this fucking levee, pardon my French, for over 200 miles. This is how stupid government agencies are. Right. Anytime the government gets involved in something, it is a shit show. Why would you release it? It can barely. It could probably barely even eat. <laughs> Dude. Like seriously, what's it gonna do with freaking water on both sides? I mean, I hate to laugh about it. Well, it's almost laughable because it's like, so instead of releasing it into Big Cypress or Fakahatchee like you guys talked about, which would have made more sense, you go release it in the middle of freaking nowhere. Dude, did you see the video of the FWC officer trying to get back on his boat? I I did, and I'm trying to remember. He slipped, right? He didn't slip. (laughs) What happened? He tried to jump off the back of a boat to get on his boat, which was a moving vessel, and course couldn't do it and then he fell he actually went under the bus yes i did see he that didn't, they didn't kill a guy so i don't know who's freaking more stupid the captain or the officer well they're both 
the officer that was on the other boat. All right, so he was in on it, and the guy driving the boat. They both decided that this was a good idea. What does that tell you about the kind of people that are in our in these agencies? I've been talking about the FWC for years. I can remember the first time I did it at a fishing club. I'm at this. Did you really? Yeah, I'm at this. What was this? Uh, this is about five, six years ago, maybe. Eric Leach. So this is before you and I met then. Yeah, right about the time I met. But Eric okay. Leach invites me to speak at the Sportsman's of Broward Club. Okay. Right? And at the time, the FWC was stopping me like three, four, five times a week. They were crushing me. Oh, they were killing time. me. You know, so I get on this big FWC kick, you know, about friggin', you know, they're wasting their time and energy on fucking with guys like me. <laughs> and instead of like, <laughs> instead of like giving the, you know, the fishing club, the X's and O's on fishing or technique or where to go or whatever, I just totally explained to them that the FWC is fake. I told them that the FWC is not their friend. No. So when the FWC pulls up to them and acts all friendly, all they're trying to do is trick you into saying something. Yeah. So anyway, 40 minutes of explaining how bad the FWC was to the sportsman of Broward. And I don't think anybody in the crowd was actually like um, expecting that type of talk. But not a lot of debate in the room. No. Not They're... a lot of debate in the room. The FWC is... I think them and the EPA fight to be who's the worst. I thought it was interesting how it's not just our our Florida FWC. Like again, North Carolina. Well, I think they got, the, it's like it's all over. Well, I think these politicians, you know, when you hear them bragging about creating jobs, well, this is what they're talking about. They're not talking about mom and pops starting, you know, small businesses and being profitable. They're talking about giving people money to do absolutely nothing and then patting themselves on the back about creating jobs. Dude, it's pathetic. I mean, it's like, like I would be at a point right now. Dude, I told you that a few a few See, years like, ago. It's like Fox News, Fox News shit going on. Now. I know, right? It went from Green Turtle to this. I love our transitions, though. I like how we do that. It keeps it interesting, <laughs> dude. I told you a few years ago. My parents were down in the Keys, and they came across a manatee that had a net stuck around it. They called the FWC, and the FWC, well, uh, we won't be able to come out because nobody's local. I'm like, so what else could you possibly be doing that somebody can't drive down? That's your job. Dude. I know. Dude. I know. All they do is go to work every day. They don't do anything. They just go to work. Yeah. And then when you call them and ask them to do something, you can't rely on them. Also, do you recognize the amount of equipment they have? Yes, they Bo- have boats, trucks, guns, bulletproof vests. Uh, also, all I mean, airboats, airboats, lasers. I mean, just they just got all sorts of shit. It's state of the art shit too. Right, like and this is like expensive freaking stuff. Right, and that's all part of the deal. There's some politician that's somewhere between the guy that's making the the airboat and the guy that's paying for it. Matter of fact, there's usually two or three politicians right in the middle of all of it. And it goes for the police department, like you're in Fort Lauderdale, all those boats and shit that they got. The FWC. Dude, it's all fake. It's all bullshit. It's all fake bullshit. It's like, why why, why do they need all this equipment if they're not even going to use it? Well, they, right. You get all that fancy equipment. And nobody uses it. But you can't get the net off the manatee. You get all that fancy equipment, you can't get the plastic off the fucking bear. You got all that fancy equipment, you can't stop the friggin' sewage from going in the water. 
Yeah. That's the other thing. Call them. Call the FWC about some sewage spill. Or the EPA. Well, call the FWC, and they'll tell you that they can't come out, so call the EPA. You call the EPA, they'll and, they'll say they say, and they'll say, <laughs> they'll, they'll ask you where it is, and then they'll come out like four or five days later, and they'll do a report on it. The damage is already done by that point. Right. So they do the report, and they bring it back. But it's, I've never seen anybody get, like the city of Fort Lauderdale, how in the world do they not get freaking fined once a month? I don't get it, dude. I just don't. Because they're all in on it. You can't sue the guy in Fort Lauderdale because then you got to sue the guy in Pompano. If you sue the guy in Pompano, then you got to sue the guy in Deerfield. If you sue yeah. the guy, they're all in on it. Yeah, it's all bullshit. And until people freak out, like totally freak out, but it has to be th- it can't be hundreds. It has to be thousands and thousands of, of people thousands have to totally freak out. Until it happens, nothing's going to happen. No. But it was it was nice to see though that those people in North Carolina, like they formed their own little organization. And they actually go out and try to help. But the one time they said, listen, we really need a tranquilizer for this. And they basically were told, va fangul. Is that what they were told? Basically. I don't think the rednecks speak like that. No, but that was uh, essentially. But the people that are moving there might be speaking like that. Well, I mean, they're Yankees from the north, so they're all coming down. I, like, I feel bad for the people, that, like the Carolina people. In what sense? Because the same shit's happening to them that we went through the last 30 years bunch of old rednecks and stuff live up in the hills and now get invaded by a bunch of Yankees. Yeah. And Floridians and stuff. Yeah. And places that they couldn't afford to live before now they'll go there. Yeah. I mean that's just I think happened into the South in general. I mean you ever heard of that Charlie Daniels song, The South Gonna Do It Again? Yeah. One you of need my, to listen to that song. <laughs> one of my one of the, one of the favorite interviews I ever did was with the guy from the Bitter Southerner. The Bitter Southerner. Who was that? Well, there's a there's a there's a publication out there, online and hard copy called the Bitter Southerner. Really? And the guy called me up there when we had the sewage spill, and he wanted to do, and he did an article, and he got me in there. He got Nyla Pipes in there. He got a few different people in there. What was his name? I'm trying to remember this. I'm trying to remember his name either, but I can't remember his name. But I do remember the Bitter Southerner because it just struck a, a chord with you. There's a Bitter Southerner out there that needs their voices heard. So we're not the only ones. We're definitely not the only ones, and we're not exactly bitter Southerners. We're, well, we're, you are more like. We're, we're, I always say in I mean, South my, Florida. My, my dad was from freaking from Boston, you know. Yeah, my well, mother my, was a Southerner. Well, my dad is from freaking Connecticut, so but you know I was born and raised down here. But I, I consider South Florida more the Caribbean than anything, more than the South. Well, if you were at the Fourth of July, on the beach this week, yeah, with Drew, were you there? With Drew, yeah. Uh, no, you were on. You were over there at the private beach by Harbor Beach, where the rich people are. No, it was uh, by we the were chain. right. We were right down on Muscles <laughs> Boulevard, where the, the regular people are. And it reminded me a lot of the Caribbean too. Oh, I'm just saying. I really man. thought like I might have been in, in the, the Bahamas, in the, Cari- well, in the Caribbean. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. South Florida is a lot more Caribbean than pretty much a lot of places in the Caribbean now. Well, I mean, I always say, you know, we got our Caribbean souls that we can barely control. Well, like, so. like when you're in the Bahamas, they got a lot of Bahamians and they got a lot of Haitians. And the Haitians invaded the Bahamas. Yes. Similar to how they got here. But there's only two Haitians and Bahamians for the most part. Now here we got everybody. Bahamian, Haitian, Jamaican, Puerto Dominican. Rican, Cuban. I mean, we had all the Caribbean. They were here. We are the smorgasbord. 
of America, if you think about it. The smorgasbord? We are. We, I mean, forget melting pot. We are well, like the smorgasbord. No, we're, we're more like the pa- paella of America. Pa- <laughs> right, if we're Caribbean. Because Cuban. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a Caribbean dish. So we're, like, we're the paella of America. The paella. Here. Jesus. Speaking of food, did you uh, see that they're, rem- they're remodeling Anthony's Runway 84? I did. I needed to hurry up and be dumb because I tell you right now, there meatballs over there. Let's t- I want to talk about the conch some more. And, and you want to talk about the, let's talk well, about the conch. Back let's on do food. it. Let's do it. Did you did 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 you mow down any of the fried conch? Hell yeah, the crack dude. conch. My conch fritters. Did, did you get the right gut after? No, I didn't. You didn't. All right, good. Dude, like, see, this is the thing that people don't understand. People have conch fritters here in Florida. It is nowhere close. I'm not talking about conch fritters. I'm talking about the crack conch. No, I didn't actually. This time, I did not have crack conch. But you had fritters and you had conch salad. Yes. All right. What other Caribbean dishes did you have over All there? All the rice Mom? and beans and freaking the slaw. I mean, I, I didn't get any. Uh, oh, I got freaking black and grouper sandwich. You know, it's it's good shit, dude. Like people have people have seafood over here in the it, it, the Bahamas ruins it, in my opinion, for well, us. Bahamas fries a lot of shit. They do. A lot of frying going on. A lot on of frying. Even the turtle, you said back in the day when they used to cook the turtle, they used to fry the turtle. They still fry it. Yeah, I'm sure when they keep their one a year, their one wink wink. Dude. I'm sure that they. <laughs> Dude, well, it's not like we got a bunch of bleeding lips listening to the podcast, but jeez. Yeah. And listen, I, I would never kill a turtle personally. I'm not lib, but I'm just saying I wouldn't kill a turtle. But it, listen, if they're going to keep their one or two a year, listen, fry that some bitch. <laughs> What it was the? I always remember the video that you and Drew did with the sheep's head, where you were talking about the fryer that you got, and you said it was like the Cadillac of fryers. I forgot what kind it was. A Bayou fryer. Bayou fryer. That's what it was. Best Christmas gift I ever got. Matter of fact, it's time for a decent fish fry. Dude, it's, we haven't done one in years. It's the middle of the summer. The girls are in Georgia, and then they're going to the Carolinas to piss off some of the rednecks. And then when they get when they get when they get back when they get back, let's do a fish fry, dude. You know what's funny about the Carolinas is um, there's a lot of Carolina rednecks in the Abacos, like a lot, a lot. And I so I actually going back to Ronnie, I was asking Ronnie about what you told me about those rednecks going over there with their skiffs right. to fish for bonefish. I said, you know, I heard that a lot of them people coming over from the Carolinas. I said, I said, can you talk a little bit about that? He goes, dude. He said they were coming over here. He said they were buying houses and they buy a skiff. He said they were taking people on these skiffs bone fishing. He said they were trying to tell the locals and the, and the Bahamian government that they were just taking their friends and their, their family out. They weren't. They were actually doing bone fish charters themselves Marketing and trips. making money. Off of that shit. Yeah, that's that's a big no-no in the Bahamas. I don't blame... Dude, you kidding me? That's messed up. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I wish we could have did that shit here. I know it's not like, you know... What do you mean? Tell fuckers to get out of your face and... All right, I'm already... You know, you're not allowed to fish here. (laughs) So you're talking like ownership of spots? Yeah. That could be very... Let's talk about this. That could be controversial. It's very controversial. We could trigger fuckers. Let's do this. It's very controversial. I mean, people talk... Andy Andy Miller is obsessed about talking about spots. Well, he's a big believer that ownership of spots, he thinks is a big no-no. I don't know. I think it's which... I think it's which day you're looking at it. I think it changes day to day. It does for me. Because there's times when I'm thinking like... 
I don't think like I own the spot, but there's times where I feel entitled to a spot. Well, you would feel entitled because, you know, you've taken people out before snook fishing. Snook, you know, snook will hold a spot. And you know what? You, should, you have a certain way that you fish for them. So, yeah, you know what? If you roll up to that spot and find those people that you took fishing there, fishing it with the same method you did, yeah, I'd be pretty fucking pissed too. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm, not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that I'm a guide, and that's the way I feel. And because it's the way I feel, then I'll tell people I'm not afraid. I'm not going to hold it in or whatever. Not everybody agrees with it, that kind of thing. But the whole spot-stealing thing, I don't know. It's not that controversial. Full transparency, I don't really have an opinion on it. I, I don't know what I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'll right. tell you this. All right. Okay. All right. All right, you're, th- think about it like this, okay. okay? Think about the days when you were the shepherd. Okay. Okay, you only had a couple, three decent places you're going to fish for your sheep's head. More like two. All right, so two. <laughs> All right? So you pull up to your favorite spot, and you're really banking on getting a couple decent sheep's head because you want to freaking break in your new bayou fryer. Yeah. <laughs> and you pull up, and there's three dudes on your sheep's head spot. Okay. All right? How do you feel? I'm pissed. Right. Are you right? It's up for debate. You're not really right. But you're not wrong. You're just pissed. Well, you have a right to be pissed. Well, I'm just saying you're just pissed. Yeah. You have a right to be pissed. Are you in the right for being pissed? End of story. End of story. It pisses people off. Therefore, people like to talk about it. But it's not that controversial. And... No one ever brings this up either. What? People know they're stealing spots, and they creep in there, and they're looking over their shoulder when they're doing Because they know it. they're guilty. Right. Before they do it. Yeah, dude. It's... But no one brings that up. Dude, I witnessed somebody do it to Carl and I one time. And right. it was a, and Carl knew who the guy was. He was like, I took that guy fishing. He said, and the funny thing is, when I took him fishing, he said I was actually... He said, I had this feeling that he was going to become a spot stealer. And sure enough, he did. You can feel it sometimes. But anyway, in defense of Ronnie and the Bahamians over there, when I first heard about it, I was like, man, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. But then I took a step back, and you see how many people are over there compared to the 80s. Those people need to protect their own spots over there. Dude. I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. The Americans don't need to be over there bone fishing. Dude, you want to go bone fishing? Hire, hire Ronnie. Right, hire Ronnie. Exactly. And, and let me tell you, he'll put you on the fish. Like I said, it was still a tough day. The sun was going out. But guess what? We got it done. Whatever it takes to fish. Whatever it freaking takes, dude. That was the episode I did last week with Mitchell Vitale. I saw that. Whatever. I liked that when I saw that whatever it takes. Because it's true. Well, the way he explained it, the way he grew up and stuff, whatever it takes, because that's the only right answer. Yeah, I mean, listen, you were were the conditions the best that day? No, they weren't the best. But guess what? I was willing to get it done because I wanted to catch a damn bone fish in the Bahamas. Well, a little matter of fact there, aren't you? A little bit. Dude, I mean, that was, like I said, I mean, it's silly, but that was was a dream of mine. Well, I'm glad you went. Sounded like you had a blast. I did. I did. We got rained out the second day, and of course, the day that we left, it was absolutely beautiful figures no chicks you bump any new girls over there or nothing not really surprisingly 
it was uh, they they were saying that it, it was slowing down a little bit just because of the rainy season, but um, usually it'll pick back up again in August. Um, um, I tell you what, why don't you why don't you warm up one of them fine Bahamian chicks? I mean, everybody's pretty much taken over there. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really a place you go to meet somebody. Everybody over there is usually taken. So you're not warming up to any fine Bahamians. I, mean, I, I, I don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Um, I, listen, I you know they say that there's plenty of fish. Any in the good sea. music, dancing going hell on or anything? Yeah, dude. Were they dancing? Dude, at Pineapples, man, hell yeah, they had some great freaking tunes playing, man. <laughs> I was in, dude. Let me tell you something. That is a place I will act. I actually. I'd like to make like a once a year freaking trip there moving forward. That's how much I enjoyed myself. Good thinking. And I have you to thank though, because you know, I didn't even know about the Abacos until you had told me about them. Uh, but I also want to give a shout out to my buddy, Jesse, uh, who he actually, he's big time bonefish fanatic like me and, uh, my friend Carly in Nashville. Cause coincidentally they both went there a week apart about a month ago. And that was kind of what inspired me to check out Green Turtle of all the keys over there. So would you consider Green Turtle like a place where millennials can relate to? Yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no. They always want to get the millennial side of everything. I feel like the millennials would have more fun in Hopetown. Full transparency. If you're a party animal and you want to go there to party and get totaled and go to Hopetown. Don't go to Green Turtle. But if you want to go for like some nice vibes, some great bone fishing, actually some fantastic bone fishing, snorkeling, go to the beach, hang out, island hopping, and just have an overall chill freaking vibe, get yourself the Green Turtle, man. (laughs) All right, that's Bonefish Busaka giving you travel advice. Look at that. You never know what you're going to get on this podcast, dude. Dude, it felt good to be back on here because you know how I am. It's got to be about I, – I like to get on here when there's something that I'm really fired up and excited about. Now, you're the, you're the adventure guy. You're the adventure guy. Like every time you get on here, you know, like you just got done bone fishing this time. Then you did the Fakahatchee hiking thing. Then you, you know, and then you come on here and you're like, oh, I went with Carl and like Mr. Adventure. Then I got Norm over there. Where he's like the Archie Bunker. You know, he's going to work every week, you know, bitching and moaning about things. You know, I got Norm. It's, but it's a good balance. You know what I mean? We balance it out. Yeah, just it's, it's, it's all good. It's good shit, man. It's real guys. This is the Real Guy Podcast. This is the Real Guy Podcast, man. All right, Busaka. Thanks for having me on, brother. Congratulations on more Bonefish. Thank you, brother. Bonefish Busaka. I never thought I'd hear the day when you actually said it. It's kind of giving me chills a little bit. I'm saying a little pride. I appreciate you, brother. Run that dog.